The Arkansas Court of Appeals decided two family law cases this week. In Wilcox v. Wilcox, 2022, ARC App 18, the Arkansas Court of Appeals, in affirming, rejected appellant's argument that a property division in an earlier divorce applied in their second divorce proceeding, following remarriage. The first divorce was 16 years before the second one. The parties never completed the property division from the first divorce proceeding, so the previous determination was irrelevant at the time of the remarriage and later divorce. Judge Abramson explained, For the purposes of determining the commencement of the marital estate, the circuit court found the date of the party's current marriage, May 20, 2004, was controlling. While the circuit court clearly acknowledged the quandary presented by the party's previous marriage and divorce decree, reserving property issues for a trial that never occurred, after considering the party's post-trial briefs, it ultimately decided that, by law, it was unable to enforce any provisions of an order 16 years later. While we acknowledge Diana's argument that the circuit court did not dispose of all the property in the 2002 decree, we find the finality of the 2002 decree irrelevant to our analysis, mainly because the 2002 divorce decree is not on appeal. Moreover, the circuit court clearly did not intend to reserve such division indefinitely. To the contrary, the circuit court set those issues for resolution two months later. As stated by the circuit court, to argue that the intent of the order was to preserve such matters for 14 to 16 years strange credulity to the breaking point. We agree. End of quote. The appellate court also affirmed the trial court ruling that a retirement account was not marital property. Quote, Regarding the 1-8 retirement account, the circuit court noted that the parties remarried, lived as husband and wife, and commingled their property and business with very few narrow exceptions, one of those exceptions being the 1-8 account. It is undisputed that the 1-8 retirement account is and always has been held in Dubby's name only. As argued in Dubby's brief, nothing in the record indicates Dubby intended to bring the 1-8 account back into the marital estate. He kept it separate and did not contribute into the account after the remarriage, unlike with other retirement accounts that were held jointly with Diana. While Diana is correct in her assertion that the property division statute gives the circuit court the discretion to divide property on the equities of the situation, we find that the circuit court distributed the property fairly and equitably in accordance with Arkansas Code Annotated Section 912.315. While we certainly recognize the difficulty this particular set of facts places on the property division, we cannot say that the circuit court's ruling was clearly erroneous. We therefore affirm the circuit court's holding that the 1-8 retirement account was Dubby's separate property and, consequently, not subject to division. End of quote. The wife held a distributorship of Little Debbie products since 1996, prior to the second marriage. However, she incorporated it three years before the second divorce, so it was properly treated as marital property. Its value included more than simply assets. There was a goodwill factor associated with it, reasoned the appellate court. The trial court found there was a goodwill value associated with the business, and the appellate court agreed in rejecting arguments that a non-assignment clause in the distributorship agreement and a 30-day termination clause called for a contrary result. There were dueling expert opinions. Quote, 
The circuit court was presented with one expert who assigned no value to the distributorship and another expert who does not believe the assignment clause prevents a valuation determination. Both experts agreed, however, that the typical way to value a small business such as this one would be two to three times the amount of discretionary earnings after expenses. The circuit court did not find Diana's argument that the assignment clause served as a blanket prescription of any assignment persuasive. Instead, the court interpreted the language of the agreement to mean that if a transfer had already occurred without the company's prior approval, it would not be approved. Furthermore, the circuit court did not accept Mr. Harwood's testimony that the clause rendered the business valueless. However, the circuit court accepted the method of valuation set forth forth by Dubby's expert with the caveat that it found only $35,000 to be the business's net profit as opposed to the $75,000 figure Mr. Schroeder indicated, which included a $40,000 per year salary for Diana as the operator of the business. The court reasoned that a salary for whomever operates the business is an expense to the business and should not be calculated as profit. In conclusion, by applying the income approach, the circuit court held that the value of the distributorship was three times the net profit for a value of $105,000. End of quote. End of decision. In Perrin Reed v. Reed, 2022, ARC App 24, the Arkansas Court of Appeals, in affirming a change in custody from the mother to the father, reasoned the wife's therapy records and an order for both to undergo a psychological examination were not clearly erroneous. However, it remanded on cross-appeal to consider whether the wife should pay child support. Judge Whitaker wrote, William and Melissa are the parents of J.R. They were divorced in August 2013. Melissa was awarded custody of then two-year-old J.R. William was awarded visitation and was ordered to pay child support. William and Melissa's relationship grew remarkably contentious after the divorce. From 2017 into 2020, the parties had seven hearings and the court entered 12 orders pertaining to custody and visitation. End of quote. Ultimately, the trial court temporarily placed their child in William's custody and ordered both parties to undergo a psychological examination. Quote, by order of the court, Dr. Glenn Adams, a licensed psychologist, conducted psychological evaluations of Melissa, William, and J.R., and submitted his report to the court. Dr. Adams opined that Melissa had fostered an unhealthy dependency on and loyalty with J.R. by showering him with gifts and attention and by subtly and overtly alienating William from J.R., he, however, did not offer any opinion or diagnosis as to Munchausen syndrome by proxy, but he did recommend that Melissa receive therapy. Subsequently, the court held two hearings in 2018 to revisit the custody and visitation issues. At the first hearing, the court received evidence discussing Dr. Adams's findings, and his evaluation was introduced into evidence. Melissa raised no objection to the requirement that she undergo a psychological evaluation or to the admission or discussion of the report at the hearing. She did offer the testimony of her own therapist, Dr. Hope Gilchrist. During the testimony of Dr. Gilchrist, Melissa's counsel objected to the use of therapy notes during cross-examination, noting that he had objected to providing the notes to opposing counsel during discovery. 
Later, when Williams' counsel sought introduction of the therapy notes into evidence, counsel for Melissa lodged a continuing objection to their release and introduction. At the conclusion of the first hearing, the court noted Melissa's marked improvement in therapy, but denied her request for additional visitation until she showed further progress on the issues raised by Dr. Adams. Four months later, the court held the second hearing wherein it expanded Melissa's supervised visitation after evidence was presented that she was progressing with her individual therapy. The parties proceeded to a final hearing in June 2020. The court heard testimony from both William and Melissa, as well as Everett, J.R. and William's therapist, Tanya Wilson, the visitation supervisor, and Catherine Mixon, the family therapist. Given all the evidence, including Dr. Adams's evaluations and the notes of Melissa's psychotherapist, the court found that the issue of Melissa's alienation played a major role in determining that a change or modification of custody was necessary. The court further found that the best interest of J.R. dictated an award of primary custody to William, with Melissa being entitled to visitation in an amount above the minimum standard visitation, even though the AAL had recommended joint custody and the state of Arkansas favors joint custody. End of quote. The trial court did not abuse its discretion in ordering production of the wife's therapy records, but the issue was not preserved. Quote, On appeal, she argues specifically that the trial court erred in violation of the psychologist-patient privilege and of HIPAA. We have conducted an extensive review of the record, and it does not appear that Melissa ever objected to the record's release on these grounds at the trial level. As such, her arguments are not properly before this court. End of quote. The wife next argued the trial court did not make required findings under Arkansas Rule of Evidence 35 for discovery of her records because her mental condition was not an issue. The appellate court disagreed, quote, Here, the trial court had heard evidence that J.R. had numerous visits to the pediatrician while in Melissa's custody and that multiple unsubstantiated allegations of physical and sexual abuse of J.R. by William had been lodged. In addition, J.R. made comments to his therapist suggesting that Melissa had coached him in making the allegations, which Melissa categorically denied. When J.R.'s therapist became concerned that Melissa might be suffering from Munchausen syndrome by proxy, the court ordered Melissa's psychological evaluation. Melissa's mental condition had clearly been placed at issue. In any event, Melissa's claim must ultimately fail because the record reflects that she consistently failed to timely object to the trial court's requirement that she submit to a psychological evaluation. William requested a psychological evaluation in May 2017, and Melissa filed no written response to this motion. At a May 16, 2017 hearing, the court stated that it was going to order a psychological evaluation of both parents, again without any response or objection from Melissa. In order to preserve an issue for appeal, a party must object at the first opportunity and obtain a ruling from the trial court. End of quote. There was sufficient proof to show there had been a material change in circumstances to warrant considering change of custody and the ultimate award. Quote, Subsequent to the initial denial of William's emergency custody request, the parties vigorously litigated custody and visitation. Melissa and the AAL requested subsequent suspension of William's visitation based on new allegations of abuse against William, and William then requested a change of custody, 
claiming that Melissa was continually asserting unfounded abuse allegations against him. The court found that it was Melissa's continued pattern of alienating behavior since the divorce and since the last order of custody, and it was the negative effect of that alienating behavior on J.R. that created the need for a change in custody. Here, the court relied in part on the psychological evaluations of the parties and J.R., the notes of Melissa's therapist, evidence of the party's inability to cooperate and communicate, and its observations of the parties over the preceding three years. The court, in awarding primary custody to William as opposed to joint custody, cited specific evidence presented at trial that persuaded it that joint custody was not appropriate and that primary custody should be placed with William. William Cross appeals, arguing that the trial court erred in failing to address the issue of child support. We agree. William specifically pled for an award of child support upon a change of custody. Although the issue of child support was raised, the trial court made no such finding. Arkansas Code Annotated Section 912.312 states that a trial court shall enter an order on the care of the children, including child support, when a decree is entered. Thus, we remand to the trial court for determination of the amount of child support, if any, that should be awarded to William. End of quote. Arkansas Rule of Civil Procedure 35 provides, When the mental or physical condition, including the blood group of a party, or a person in the custody or under the legal control of a party, is in controversy, the court in which the action is pending may order the party to submit to a physical examination by a physician or a mental examination by a physician or a psychologist, or to produce for the examination the person in his custody or or legal control. The order may be made only on motion for good cause shown and upon notice to the person to be examined and to all parties and shall specify the time, place, manner, conditions, and scope of the examination and the person or persons by whom it is to be made. End of quote. End of decision.